Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. The Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? I am the producer, Matt Duncan. And I'm happy to be here. Freddie, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm feeling all right. I'm excited about the Fred Van Vliet game, obviously. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, huge. Um, are you, uh, you know, you hanging in there? You're, you're, you're maintaining yourself during these, uh, these COVID quarantine times. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's always, uh, it's been a while. It's almost been a full year now. That's going to be an exciting, uh, anniversary for us to do. I wonder what that's going to feel like once we like pass that mid-March threshold. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, I'm. You know, maybe we'll have to do some like last dance anniversary uh, <laughs> yeah. shows. Oh uh, man, and really just stare into the abyss together. Remember how um, the last dance really got us through like eight weeks? It so. saved us. It took us to the bubble. Yeah, and then you know the bubble took us to where we are now. Yeah, and uh, in case uh, you haven't figured it out by now, we are a basketball podcast. We're a Raptors podcast. Correct. We are hardcore fans, but we're super knowledgeable and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we're also hilarious. Uh, we have funny people on the show too. Um, Matt, if people want to like listen to us, subscribe, yep. uh, support artists during like a difficult play. Yeah. Um, how can they do all those things? Come take a little tour of dunkspodcast.com. You can listen please. to our, our episodes there. If you if you so please, we've got a fun little player there for the episodes, but also we have our links for the network we are a part of called the Sonar Network. You can listen to us there as well as well as all the, as well as well. I just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm really loving the as well. Uh, yeah, you're spritzing. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, they have a lot of great podcasts there, you know, Landlord and Tenant, you know, you got the Bedpost, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's just nonstop. And if you do want to support us, we do have a Patreon and we've got link trees all set up on our Instagram and our Twitter. So that can send you to everywhere you need to go. Uh, we really appreciate you if uh, you can. We know times are tough. Uh, so, you know, we're just going to keep giving that content one way or another. And uh, as well, uh, it's getting cold. I don't know. Minus 15 outside. I think something like that caught my breath when I went outside today. And, uh, I say, I say you could benefit from a Confederacy of dunks too. We have a link up now for the Shopify. Freddie's got them ready to go. They are, uh, kept in an indoor environment. They are in a warm environment. So they're, you know, not getting any frost because we know what that does to polyester folks. It's not good. So, you know, there's many ways you can support us. Please do. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and uh, enjoy this next episode. That folks is, <laughs> is better than any Spalding gray monologue you'll ever hear. Okay. <laughs> Matt's delivering the goods. I just came from the dentist. So I'm a little, you know, on edge. Yeah. He, he's having a good time, but he, you know, he delivers the goods every time. He's Matty D. Uh, I love you, buddy. Um, let's, uh, you know, before we go, uh, I, yeah. I will say email your city councilors, um, defund the police and black lives matter. Uh, never stop uh, until there is more justice. Uh, but Matty D, I do think we are ready to talk Raptors ball and NBA and our quickish questions and just get into a, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, if you feel like we're ready, please, sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. Okay. Okie doke. Um, my oh my, uh, Pile Mine, which was a horse in the Sopranos, uh, if you're a Sopranos head like me. 
Um, let's get this pod. Uh, let's get it going. Uh, first guest is uh, one of my favorite people uh, in the world. Um, we agree on a bunch of basketball stuff. We disagree on some other basketball stuff, but there's always a ton of nuance. Uh, he's an incredible performer, uh, an amazing producer. He is an incredible person. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Matt McCready. I am having a good time. Uh, I love the energy you come in with. Always hot. Always too much. Always inauthentic. <laughs> Three things of Matt McGree. It fits the song. It fits, <laughs> it fits your song. Uh, how are you doing? Thanks for coming back. Yeah, I'm doing. Um, I don't know. I think I'm I, the last year I've averaged between a 2.5 and like a four out of 10 in terms of how I feel on a day to day basis. And I think he caught me on lucky number four because I'm doing OK. Oh, wow. That uh, I'm feeling absolutely blessed. Uh, that's pretty good average. Yeah, not uh, bad. That's yeah, it's not bad at all. Uh, I, I feel like I'm probably at a three and a half, but um, yeah. I should have also said that it gets much lower than 2.5. <laughs> it gets significantly lower than that. But most yeah, days, there's, yeah, there's some there's some there's some negative uh, negative winter numbers in there, but uh, we're hanging in. Um Let's uh, let's bring in guest number two uh, from Hamilton. Uh, she's incredible. She's done this podcast a million times. Um, she's the biggest, uh, most intense fan of Nick Nurse. Uh, she's written on a bunch of stuff. This hour is 22 minutes. The Beaverton. Uh, other cool stuff. She's an amazing stand-up. Uh, and she's also done stand-up on a pirate ship. Uh, give it up as loud Whoa. as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Catherine Niker. Hello. Thank you. Hello. 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 I, you know what, I'm actually, <laughs> I feel like I'm typically on the scale that McCready just described, but I'm actually having a pretty good day today. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to dare, like, dare I throw it up to like a, a six or a seven? Like it's Holy God. It really ambitious. I know. I'm so sorry. Um, dare to believe Catherine Necker. I know. Throw up that three, like Freddie. Um, let's just, Let's just go right into it because, uh, you know, I think we do have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Maddie Duncan, if you feel like we're good to go, please, sir, just give me that Raptors sting. This sting goes out to the top undrafted player in Raptors history, Aaron Bynes. I guess we can talk about this new sting first. <laughs> I think we can do better. <laughs> it does finally cut in. So. Yeah. Who binds mine? Wait, did you throw in an extra Aaron Baines mate, or is that like a? <laughs> is that in the actual stint? That's uh, that one was off the cuff there. Yeah, no, I added okay, that one in. I see. So <laughs> that first song made me feel like I lived underneath rich people. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. I just that was like, the oh, Australian so national anthem, everybody. <laughs> It's well, um, uh, how dare you disrespect uh, Fred Van Vliet on this day. Um, but also, <laughs> thanks for blessing us with a new sting. Uh, it's been a little bit since we got a, a delicious, weird audio file uh, from, from Matty D. That one's pretty weird. Man. You got Aaron Baines <laughs> saying stuff. You got the Australian National Anthem. I mean, ill-timed. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's uh, let's jump into some Raptor stuff. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about that sting uh, every <laughs> week for the next um, um, several months. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's go to you first, uh, McCready. Um, yeah, it's uh, just about Freddie. So he is the 
I'm just going to frame it this way. He is the uh, only undrafted player to do uh, literally everything. So, uh, oh, wow. No, no, but like, I think there's a lot of focus on him being an undrafted player and this accomplishment is wild. You know, there's so many cool stuff to cherry pick from. He surpassed Moses Malone at 53 points. Yeah. Uh, and I think as, people like when it comes to Moses, like Moses is undrafted, but only because the ABA signed him uh, when he was 18 uh, for like a million, like one of the highest contracts ever. Like he would have been drafted almost certainly number one. So it's not even fair to put those two together. And my wife just brought me pizza. <laughs> Somebody's at a 3.5. Yeah. Yeah. Sonar. Shout out to the uh, our sonar buddy. Podcast. Yeah. So why don't you move on to someone else for a bit? Well, yeah, you <laughs> have some pizza. That's wonderful. Well, um, I, uh, well, I eat this pizza. But uh, yeah. McCready's going to come back at a, like a hot five. He's going to break a scale. Catherine, Freddie Van Vliet. Uh, 54 points. Um, did you, you know, like, yeah, like how, how, just, just give me some thoughts on this historic performance. Um, I mean, it's great. I, I think, you know, for Freddie, it's obviously amazing for his name to be in the record books in multiple places. Uh, I think in context of the Raptors, like we really needed something like this. Like we really needed a reason to be excited about this season. And like, it's good that we also got the win, of course. Like how much would it have sucked if like he scored 54 points and a loss? I feel like that would have been devastating. Yeah, that's a, that's a Bradley Beal uh, type experience <laughs> yeah. we don't want here. Exactly. Yeah, we'd be in full on Wizards territory if that happened. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, obviously it's great all around. I do think like they kept showing that Raptors list of like the top scorers in like franchise mm-hmm. history and like like a Fred has that now. And in that list is uh, DeMar DeRozan. Terrence Ross <laughs> and Vince Carter. And I'm like, That's that right. is such a weird list. Like, uh, oh, uh, uh, like, although, you know what? There's basketball, baby. Like, <laughs> let me just, let me just kind of, you know, speak some, say some nice words about Fred for a sec, because I feel like, Please. you know, as far as just having him on, on, you know, it's, it's funny you bring up that, that list. Like, yeah, obviously Terrence Ross, but, you know, I saw something floating around Twitter about, like, who's who's the Rushmore of of the Raptors? And it was like, uh, you know, Vince Carter, DeRozan, uh, Lowry, uh, I think Kawhi maybe was on there. And uh, someone threw in Masai. as like, uh, you know, Masai is the fifth person, which is like, yeah, yeah. you know, shout out to Masai. But, all, but I feel like, you know, given uh, that that playoff run given where we are now and maybe where we're headed fred is definitely building his case as an all-time raptor um and i think it's like he's already got to be in the top 10 uh raptors ever yeah uh and you know him and pascal are you kind of doing it together but uh this was just a a major statement and one of my big takeaways too is i've just i've never seen scoring performance uh with that much defense i i really can't think of a time when a player scored over 50 points uh and been basically disgusting on defense and you know i think there's some we got to give some uh what's the, what's what, what am i looking for uh some credence to the fact that it was the orlando magic uh, it was a bad team, but, you know, Shaq scored his career high against a, a Clippers team that had like basically nobody. So these are the types Kobe of performances that, that happen. One on us. Sorry. I said Kobe scored that 81 on us. And on on Jalen Rose. And yeah, Mike James. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just so fun to watch. And they, that, that, that whole locker room moment. Uh, McCready, how you how you doing on pizza slices? I'm ready to talk. Hit me. I'm also still got a little bit left. So I might dive into it later. Um, hey, hopefully my mic get... was off because I figured I might just be underscoring your guys' conversation with just uh, chewing. Uh, the pizza's going great. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for Fred, where he, where he ranks in like all-time Raptors, is like he obviously has a lot of um, uh, career left in him. 
Um, I think when looking at those four games, you have a weird anom- anomaly like uh, uh, Terrence Ross and the 51 against the Clippers. Like That game was super weird. That was a loss, I believe. Um, and that was against Blake Griffin and Paul when they were there. Um, uh, the Roses, I honestly don't even remember too well. But I do know Carter's was in the playoffs, right? Car- yeah. Carter was against the 76ers. Was that was after the game. Whoa, really? Hold yeah, oh. on. <laughs> that would be one of my all-time games to go to. I love Carter. I just watched I'm wondering Carter, if Carter for the first time. I'm wondering if Carter also did that in the regular season. Did he also get 51? Or is I, it, be, I believe he only got a 51 once. Well, I, I know I was at the um, DeRozan-Milwaukee overtime 52-point game. Oh, and cool. the, are, the arena didn't really realize it uh, till it was like really like kind of happening because it was, it was via – there was some free throws involved and um, – that was just an incredible game because it was really tight too. Uh, yeah, just you know, shout out to DeRozan. And you know, speaking of DeRozan, uh, I think he's still connected to this team, which was fun to see oh, yeah. in, in the in the post game. You, you have DeRozan obviously commenting on it, but Fred VanVleet's first comment is kind of like a jab at DeRozan, which you can tell they're really close still for him to be able to say. You know, DeRozan like chirps me about like not being able to do this, and uh, I'm just happy to beat him. And I knew it was going to happen. But you know, Fred's confidence and saying it was easy is also a really encouraging part of this to me. Yeah, and I love his quiet confidence too, right? Like he's not like, you know, he's not like. <laughs> he's not Kanye West about it. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Like, like he is, he's boastful to a point, but it's not like constant in your face. Like he's just like, no, I know I'm going to get this done. And then he just quietly gets it done. Yeah. Steady Freddie, just wonderful performance. Um, I think the ringer had a good, a pretty good article about it too, where they, they talked about, like, you know, the Raptors not really having any special qualities this year. And this being a moment where, just that, you know, that feeling of being on a special team or being, you know, part of like a, a larger kind of sports purpose was there with Fred. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you follow his journey from the G League and, uh, you know, lighting up after he had his, after he had Fred Jr. in the playoffs and struggling, uh, I think, pretty hard in the playoffs last year, uh, even though Pascal, you know, I think got most of the attention for struggling, rightfully so. But uh, Fred struggled as well, in my opinion. And, um, you know, uh, he he struggled a a little bit in some ways this year, but it just seems like he's really improved more aspects of his game than not and has massive scoring potential. He's definitely one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. Uh, So it's nice to see him kind of put that on display. Uh, yeah, I remember getting into a big argument on a message board, uh, the Give Me Some Raptors News board uh, with somebody on there, where their point of view was that Bogdan Bogdanovich was the superior player to Fred Van Vliet. And he's not even the best Bogdanovich in the league. And I, I just, I mean, I don't really know if there's anything that Bogdan does better than Fred. A single thing. And I mean, not to not to give away anything, but we talk about underrated players later in the episode. So uh, make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Is it going to be the other Bogdanovich? <laughs> maybe uh, maybe he'll call in just to, to read me out. Um, but um yeah, I feel like Fred is underrated in terms of even just Raptor fans in terms of what he does because there are things that Fred doesn't do great. He doesn't finish at the rim like against uh, height super well. Uh, at times, uh, the right defender can kind of shut him down. But there's so much that he does that is constantly overlooked. Uh, the incredible defense, the fact that he gives so much of a shit that it bleeds into the other players on the court. You can't really buy that from someone who is also incredibly skilled. He's great. I love Fred. Totally. Um, you know, and, and there's also that incredible play. Uh, I think it's at the end of the third quarter where uh, he runs the length of the court to strip Terrence Ross uh, at the end of the quarter. And it's just this is after he's exploded for like 44 or 46 points or whatever it was. And he just kind of crouches down on one knee and it's like exhausted. Mm-hmm. And it's just such like, man, this is a leader. This guy is who I want to be, you know, like running the the point guard ship for this team for a really, really long time. And I think that's, that's important in the NBA. And uh, in, in my mind, like this is a reinforcement of like, we got our guy. We also got him cheap. 
which is awesome. The cheapness is could not be understated. Like his entire career with the Raptors, he has been crazily underpaid. His first contract, obviously, at the minimum, crazy underpaid. His next contract, for some reason, the league overlooks him, underpaid again. And then, not learning their lesson, they you give more money to Gordon Haywood who's like seven years older and four times as bad. Come on, get it together. The league. Yes. Sleep it on Fred. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, get it together. The league, uh, get it together. The Raptors. Uh, I wanted to bring up a, a question from um, a, uh, a former guest of the pod, uh, Alexi Otz. And, you know, he's kind of just getting our temperature here on, on the, on the, what's going on with Terrence Ross or not going on uh, with Terrence Ross. Davis. And, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. T- Terrence Davis. Pardon me. Thank you, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing's going on with Terrence. Absolutely Terrence nothing's Ross. going on with Terrence Ross. Way. He had a couple <laughs> crappy games, and then Terrence Ross saw Fred Van Vliet blow by uh, his his record. Uh, or his, I wonder if he, he didn't tweet about it, did he? Terrence Ross? Did Terrence Ross tweet about it? Okay, you, you know can't what? can't tweet with a broken phone. I think he smashed it after that performance, you know? <laughs> yeah, he, he was upset. But um, let's, you know... My flub aside, Terrence Davis, uh, you know, it's an upsetting situation. It's it's crappy for fans. It's awful in general. Um, I think, you know, anyone who cares about, uh, you know, believing in women or, you know, the voice of victims, uh, this is an upsetting ordeal. And uh, I hate to say this question right after, you know, a, a fun-loving question like Fred Van Vliet, but, uh, you know, I think it's valid that Alexi brings it up and i think what he's wanting to know is um you know how do you feel about trusting this organization uh you know knowing whatever that their hands are tied by the union and the players association etc but yeah just like you know like i'll I'll go to you first uh catherine um yeah you know how's this making you feel about the raptors in general and, you know, I, I don't know if you, it doesn't have to be like a complex answer if you're, if it's simple. Uh, I mean, it, it like, first of all, like it just, the whole thing sucks. And like, it, it's obviously deeply unfortunate. I mean, in terms of like the Raptors organization handling it, not handling it. I mean, I don't want to come off like the most jaded person in the world, but like realistically, they're not going to handle it. Nothing's going to be done by the Raptors organization because nothing's ever been done by any other team in this league in its history regarding this. Uh, The players union protects players, regardless of the accusations, regardless of the evidence, frankly. And it just kind of is what it is. It's a bigger problem than the Raptors. And if they Mm -hmm. did something, it would set a precedent that had never been done before in the league. And I think that causes a ripple effect that would, um, uh, I don't know, would force a lot of uh, questions to be answered, a a nuanced dialogue, if you will. I'm not on the side that they shouldn't do anything, but I don't know if it's like fair to put a responsibility on the Raptors that hasn't been put on any other team in this league because there are active players on other teams currently that have been accused of similar, if not worse things. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point in terms of, you know, it would be precedent setting. And I think fans do have a legitimate want for, a, mm-hmm. you know, press precedent setting action mm-hmm. um, or accountability from their, uh, from their, from their respective franchises or, or the league in general. And, you know, it, it is just kind of like this like painful limbo, um, we're in, if, you know, if you're a fan, that's compassionate, um, McCready, you know, same, same, same thing to you. Uh, just uh, how do you feel as a fan? Uh, how do you feel about the organization? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, as a fan, it's just like, this is easily the least enjoyable season of the Raptors. I can mm-hmm. remember. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, even putting aside, like, one thing that I really liked about the bubble uh, was that I felt like the NBA was reflective of my politics in the moment um, in terms of yeah. how I felt towards uh, player safety, COVID in general. 
again, aside from Terrence Davis, who uh, cut holes in his mask to make a point um, and uh, things of that nature, uh, the only person in the league to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, you can look at someone like Gian Gameshi, who everyone will look at in society as being a guilty person, but he wasn't guilty in the court of law. And so if he was an NBA player, absolutely nothing would happen to him. Um, and I think that's kind of worth thinking about when it comes to looking at um, the validity of the allegations against Terrence Davis. I, I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer at all, but I know that I don't enjoy the comedy of Louis CK anymore. Um, I don't like watching that. Um, yeah, I, when I see Terrence Davis get into the game, I groan. Um, Me too. When he uh, does something good, I like shrug basically. And uh, it's in terms of just entertainment factor in the league, it's awful. In terms of like showing support for women who are a huge um, part of your audience, it's it's disrespectful. And um, I don't I don't really know what to say other than that. I haven't going on this um, podcast is the most I've done in terms of um, social media. Uh, rev, um, impact to the Raptors because I just don't really want to support them right now um, for that reason. And, uh, you know, if people want, yeah, it's a tough year. If people want to watch Raptors and enjoy it, like that's their business. And I'm not going to condemn anyone for doing that, but I just find it um, uh, repulsive to a certain extent. You know, I guess that's all I, uh, I mean. Yeah, well, well said, you know, as, uh, as well, McCready, because I feel like I'm totally with you in the, you know, in, in the feeling that it's just, it's just a disrespectful ongoing thing that is, you know, yeah. Like we're looking for, we're looking for a way to kind of like penetrate this, like this masculine fortress, uh, you know, that is, is the NBA. And it's kind of like, you can be cynical about it and, and, and it's bleak, but at the same time, it's like still just so present that it's, you know, it's, it's material. It's something that I think you can't, you can't realistically uh, enjoy something, you know, or be the enthusiastic fan you want to be. Uh, and that sucks. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously we're talking about our fan feelings and, you know, there's real victims here. Uh, but I think that's kind of the, was it was uh, the spirit of the question asked by, by Alexi. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think I'm going to move on to the, to the next question, unless, uh, uh, either of you two wanted to say anything else, but uh, I feel like we're you know generally yeah I, I uh, agree with everything yeah I agree with everything uh, McCready said and uh, just like echoing just like going from the bubble and feeling like this league really agrees with yes. politics to this season in such a short period of time and in response to this Terrence Davis situation as well as COVID it, it has been really disheartening and I think if I didn't have a basketball podcast myself I would have been more inclined to not tune in this season because the games themselves are bleak and then this situation's bleak and yeah it, it isn't the um escape that Raptors basketball was only a few months ago. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I agree with all that too. Um, McCready, let's, yes. uh, let's head in the direction of, you know what? The first question was really positive. Uh, rightfully. So the second question was, uh, was obviously, you know, uh, negative rightfully. So, uh, the third question is, is a classic basketball kind of boring um, statsy question, but um, the Raptors are nine and 12 and they're ninth in the East. There are eight teams ahead of them. Uh, I can quickly list them off if you like. I have uh, them in front of me, Freddie. Beautiful. Uh, who do you think the Raptors are better than of that group of eight teams currently, or, you know, just in general this season? Um, well, I think there's only two that you can really point to as kind of very certainly being better than 
Um, I actually don't have them in front of me now, so I will do the best to remember. Um, <laughs> the, the tab that I opened up, I closed it for a different question later on. Um, but uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, I think they're probably better than. I just don't know if they have um, the swing men to kind of like uh, compete there. I know Sexton and um, Garland have looked a lot better this year, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will end up uh, being better. Obviously, their center rotation is very solid, and you cannot say the same thing about the Toronto Raptors. Um and uh, yeah, Charlotte is also ahead of them. And uh, Charlotte, again, I mean, who knows? Like uh, LaMelo Ball uh, is looking very, very good. An incredibly fun player to watch. Uh, highlight reel um, is an infecting his team. You see, you saw a little bit with Nash when he would go from team to team. Uh, that passing um, kind of bleeds into everyone else onto the court. And yep. everyone will start passing to each other a little bit more. And so maybe they've kind of hit something there. Uh, because they do have a decent chunk of players, you know, and their guard depth is good. And they, um, Haywood, uh, even though I buried him earlier, uh, you know, is a good player. Uh, and then uh, Zeller is back. So I don't know, maybe they're better, but I'd say out of the uh, play- teams in front of them, those two are definitely uh, probably worse. And then uh, Atlanta's kind of a wild card. Maybe the Raptors are better, maybe not. We haven't really seen them healthy. The Raptors have also been like relatively healthy this year, really, in the grand scheme of things. They missed a couple players here and there, but they haven't had like those seven players missing like a lot of teams have this year. So I don't know. Maybe those three. No, it's a, it's a good point. We also haven't been hit too hard by the quarantine, uh, you know, by the quarantine bug. Uh, Catherine, uh, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't know if I, I should reveal mine as well, but I'm basically the same as Matt. Um, I'll say that I have the Raptors more definitively better than Atlanta, and I do have one other, one other team there uh, that I think the Raptors are better than, but it's a bit questionable. Uh, where, where are you at? Yeah, I definitely think we're better than the Cavs. I think the Cavs are like – sorry, I can't remember. Can I swear on this? Um, no, and if you did, we have to start over. <laughs> Jeez Louise, just let him fly. Don't listen to him. It's a scary thing to say in a podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, that was great. Uh, I was going to say, I think the Cavs are like shitting themselves that they're actually in the bracket. Um, shitting. Ah! Like, like we don't want to play. They did it. Like, they're like, why the hell? Are we here? This isn't part of the plan. This sucks for us. Get us <laughs> out of here. For the love of God, Raptors, Heat, step your game up because you're going to fuck us over. Like, that's how much I think we're better than the Cavs. I think. Okay, great. I. I, th- I, I mean, me too, by the way. We'll have to do some serious tanking if they. Uh, stay up there uh, for another month or so. <laughs> uh, and then I I do think we're better than the Hornets as well. So I guess I have the same picks as McCready. I think the Hawks are good. I don't know if we're better than them or not just yet, but I think the Hawks are frustrating because they have flashes of brilliance and then they have moments where they make just like the worst turnovers you've ever seen. It's like if an entire team was Russell Westbrook, you know, (laughs) but I do think they're young and they have a lot of promise and I, and they're obviously very motivated to be in the playoff picture. Um, I don't know. Jury's still out on that one. I'm not ready to say we're better than the Hawks just yet. That's, that's fair. I guess uh, probably the most optimistic one here. I, I, I am ready to say we're better than the Hawks. I think they're improving, but I also feel like we are too. Um, you know, this Fred game, I, you know, I don't think necessarily he's about to start averaging 30 points, but I do feel like there's been kind of, you know, the defensive numbers are starting to kind of like slowly work out. I just, it's like, you know, the, from an, we're still very much an average team, but I think it's like, there seems to be some rounding out. Um, maybe we just played Orlando twice, and I forgot about the Kings game is what's going on. But, I mean, they um, barely beat Charlotte, those two games. Those were both one-possession games, and the Raptors total. were completely healthy for those games. And we also have a pretty big, pretty tough stretch coming up here. So I think uh, if, I, if I'm if I'm op- way too optimistic in the Raptors, I will be proven wrong in short order. But to that end, I also... Uh, I don't know if you two can handle this. 
but uh, I think we're better than the Pacers as well. Um, but I think that that's my questionable one. Uh, yeah, then, yeah, it's questionable. For wait, me. but why? Why do you think we're better than the Pacers? Uh, just when we played them, I thought we played them pretty well. Um, and I think, you know, over the course of like a playoff series, I think it would go seven games. Uh, and I think we could win. Um, but I think it's a bit of a coin flip. Whereas, like, I you mean, know, the Raptors say, would have to shoot, Craig, because like almost no one on the team can score on Turner at this point. Totally. Yeah. I, I guess like in, no. at the end of the day, Sabonis, Brogdon, Turner, you know, when I think about like, okay, we're going, that's who we're going against in a playoff series. I'm not, not scared, but I'm, I'm not scared. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it's not the level of like, uh, you know, Tatum, unfortunately, or, uh, you know, so some of the other like top dogs in the East. I actually think Brown's better than Tatum. Well, exactly right. So you got Brown and Tatum is yeah, absolutely yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I you know I hate Boston, both of you, and I'm not even entertaining <laughs> that right now. They are better than us, and they, you know, I think will be for the foreseeable future until something, you know, changes in our favor. I but, hate uh, the Boston Celtics, and I hate the people of Boston. <laughs> cheers. At Damon. Uh, McCready said it. Both you Matts clearly hate Matt Damon. You'd like to show him, um, you know, what your apples are all about. And I'm obviously uh, joking, but like anytime you watch reality TV and that Boston accent kicks in, you know that this person's a heel. This is <laughs> the worst guy in the entire cast. I'm pretty sure we all love Boston Rabbit. Um, no, we don't. He's a natural heel. Uh, Mr. Duncan, Matty D, uh, would you please uh, give me uh, hopefully another new sting? Uh, or it might just be the Adam Silver Foghorns. Uh, but please, sir, give me that NBA sting. Okay. I'll give you 10 bucks, Freddie, if you guess what language that is. I all I heard was master give me the Lysol. Okay, did you hear that? Did you two both hear that? I also master, heard Lysol. Master give me the Lysol. Real Rorschach test for you there. Uh, okay, one uh, more time. <laughs> Matty D, this better have some relevance to basketball. One more time. Okay, you know what? I'm more confused. Would you please explain this? Uh, I would say contemporary art audio file to me. Well, because we have two mats on the pod, I did it in honor of another famous mat. Uh, I don't know if he has any relation to basketball, but he is Welsh. Matthew Reese. Oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> hey, the star of the Americans. Um, so, okay. Well, I'll, I'll volunteer to never be on the podcast again to keep that from happening. Am I in a Twilight Zone? So okay. Sorry, I should say that that what that is in Welsh is National Basketball Association. Oh, That's what it translates oh, to. Okay. Thank you. I knew I knew there was some deep yeah. layer. That's it in Welsh. That's it in Welsh. So now you know. Um, <laughs> if, if you're in Wales and you're listening to this pod, um, please overthrow England. They've done some wrong things to you. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> word. No. Word. No. Uh, you know hey, what? We're this making is, a lot of enemies today. I eh? Boston, gone, most of England. <laughs> this has gone completely off the rails. Uh, but you know what? That's uh, anywhere where there's some form of a chowder is basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one, nobody's safe. Uh, once new audio files come to town. Uh, all right. Let's, let's, let's talk some more NBA. Um, McCready, let's go to you first. Sure. Uh, yeah. Just uh, slow starts from the heat Pelicans, mm -hmm. uh, obviously the Raptors, but uh, the Mavericks, um, not including the Raptors, are, are those three teams uh, who are you most surprised by? You know, uh, to me, it uh, it comes down. I think the Pelicans, like I could have seen that going anyway. Um, I could have seen them being quite good or quite bad. That's not too surprising to me. Yeah, I thought too. both Dallas and the Heat were going to be quite good. 
Um, but I think Dallas is less surprising to me because I'm a huge Seth Curry fan. I think Seth Curry makes every team better. Uh, with uh, He's obviously a poor man's Curry, but a poor man's Curry rocks. Like, that's a great thing to have on your team. And I think having that gravity really was a huge driving force of them having the best offense ever last year. And they're like, well, we can replace him with an average here like Josh Richardson and get our uh, defense going better. But I don't know if that really flew, you know? Like, I think Richardson is a bit of an upgrade. They've been very injured as well, and so have the Heat. Those two teams have missed a ton of people. Um, I think Porzingis is a borderline bum. Um, and so, like, the Heat, to me, was a more of a surprise. I mean, Butler's missed nearly the entire year. Um, mm-hmm. You would have thought that that culture would kind of bring them together a little bit. And don't get me wrong, they did beat the Raptors once, uh, so they're not uh, all all bad. Uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that, I, to me, it would be those two, but maybe I'm leaning a little bit more towards the Heat because I, I assume Spolstra could at least get, like, a 500-level team with almost anybody. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point for for me. It actually, I didn't see what you saw with um with, with Dallas, but you're completely right. And I just love the little factoid that the best offense in basketball history has a Curry on it, and it's not Steph. Yeah, um, that's yeah, insane weird, right? to me. Um, but and, he was like their best player almost against the not the best. Luca was their best player against the Clippers, but he was easily their second best player. He was like a major scorer against them, and that type of shooting you can't really stop. It's not like Matt Thomas where he needs a ton of space. He his release is a little bit slow. Like he has a quick release, and he's got a decent amount of size, and he knows where to move. Anyways, that's all. No, I mean it's it's uh, he's he's a he's a pretty underappreciated player, and we'll get to underrated players uh, later. But you know he he'd be a nice sneaky pick because he's been huge for Dallas this year as well, and he's also a better defender than Steph. Um, yeah, Philly, but, yeah, yeah. You mean for the Seventy Sixers? For the Seventy Sixers, sorry, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but for me, it actually was Dallas. I, I think I. I spent probably too much time kind of doubting Luca, and this was probably the year that I like should have been like, I have some doubts about Luca, but you know, previously <laughs> he's just been so overwhelmingly good, and that that playoff series was absolutely incredible against the Clippers. So I am definitely surprised that they're not not only struggling but kind of like early days like the Raptors outside of a playoff spot. Um, what about you, Catherine? You know, are you? Uh... There's a lot of parallels between. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, uh, I think there's a no, lot of parallels okay. between Luka Doncic's season and um, uh, Siakam's season uh, because I feel like Doncic is having a pretty good year. He's just shooting terribly from three. And if you look at Siakam's stats, you would assume that they would be down across the board. But it's really, they're almost kind of up everywhere, except for the three-point shooting, which is just an anchor. Uh, the threes are horrible. Well for their team. Oh, they're both Sorry. terrible. The Siakam has, has uh, I feel like not shooting a basketball for five months has hurt a guy who picked up basketball really late more than almost anyone else in the league. Um, he doesn't have that natural fluidity to basketball that would someone who's been dribbling since they were three years old would have. Um, I'm wondering if maybe that's what the case is, and I'm hoping that he's able to get it back. But I just see some parallels between them struggling, their team struggling, and the general perception of the league over them uh, changing as well. Yeah, no, so that's that's a good point. Like, obviously, you know, Lucas at a higher level, but you know, I see the struggle and the you know, kind of the animosity towards like when when a player has a mostly or only upward trajectory. As soon as that starts to falters, it starts to falter. I think fans kind of can't handle it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Catherine, who, who out of the Heat, the Pelicans, and the um, Mavericks, slow starts. Who's the biggest surprise to you? Yeah, for me, it's definitely the Mavs. Like, I thought, you know, of course, like, you can't anticipate, like, injuries and all this COVID stuff and and all that. But, I mean, like, the MVP talk for Luka was high going Mm -hmm. to the season. I think, like, a lot of people bet that Luka was going to be the MVP this year. And that is, like, not the case anymore. And uh, we'll see if they can get it together and get into the playoffs for me, I, 
I totally slept on the heat last year. Admittedly, I did not see them coming at all. I saw their time in the bubble as a bit of a fluke, frankly. Uh, You know, people were like crediting heat culture. I actually think heat culture genuinely did thrive in the bubble, but I didn't necessarily think that would translate to this season. I think what we saw from Jimmy Butler in that bubble was extraordinary, but I think that was like, that's, that's, Jimmy's peak. I agree. We're seeing that not that he'll, he won't still be like at an all-star level or anything like that, but I don't see that Jimmy Butler and that Miami heat grit coming back. Unfortunately. Yeah. uh, McCready does a a thing every year on, uh, on Facebook, just, you know, I guess people to kind of like rank all the teams. And I think I put the heat in seventh, you know, kind of for for that reason, because I just didn't really, I thought the heat, similar to what you said, Catherine, we're really just perfectly galvanized in that, in that, uh, you know, bubble. And, you know, I've said at nauseum on the pod, I thought that last year was the NBA jam year, the year of like 11 contenders. I thought mm-hmm. that a lot of teams could have won the championship. And even though the Lakers did, it wasn't really an eventual like world beating type of win. I think a lot of teams could have won the championship the last year. Um, and the yeah, and, you know, Lakers were the best and they did win. Sorry. Oh, so, sorry, Freddie, but I mean, no. I remember I, I looked over your um, rankings of the teams today, actually in, in preparation for this podcast. And I did notice that you had the, uh, the, the heat seventh, but to be fair, you had them tied Raptors? for seventh with six oh. teams and you had Raptors number one. So, I mean, there's only so far down that players. Uh, did I have go. the Raptors number one? No, I'm just joking. Obviously, oh, my God. I was like, Frank I think Rockland. I did put the Raptors number two. Which I, is I'm all sure you had them one or two. I, I can't imagine you would put them lower than that. I think I put the Bucks one. But if I did put the Raptors in first, like maybe I should get like an extra penalty. For that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Catherine, let's kind of just move on to um, it's always a weird, you know, conversation underrated player right you know by whose standard uh you know we're we talking like a player standard a fan standard uh you know stats head standard uh that doesn't really matter i just feel like you know i i want to know a player that you like that you feel like for whatever reason is kind of like underappreciated under admired underwatched whatever yeah, I, I think it's. I think the most underrated uh, player in the NBA right now is uh, Karen from the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> oh. Karen. Oh, she really shook things up. <laughs> she did. Yeah, cheers to her. Yeah, twenty-five uh, years old. I didn't just see what happened. Her husband, whoever that is. He's twenty-six. <laughs> They're 25 and 26 year old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's like 25 going on 43. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. So my real answer is uh, I'm going to go with Chris Middleton. Cause oh, great answer. he's having a great season. You know, the Milwaukee bucks are still for the most part playing to expectations. And with, you know, now with like Harden in the East and, Kyrie Irving back and all this and Bradley Beal's kind of making more noise now, even though they're not winning. Uh, it's like, oh, like Chris Middleton could get in, all, could be snubbed from this all-star game. And that's kind of wild to think about. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think for Raptors fans, you know, him pretty well, you know, the, the, the game we saw him this season, he was just ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. He, he is an incredible player, and I think, you know, a player that I think a lot of analytics people love uh, and a lot of kind of like other fans are a little, are a little bit like, uh, I, don't, I don't see what's so special about this guy, but from a very – He's very boring is his biggest problem. Yeah, I think like, – like, He's boring to watch. Yeah. He is kind of boring to watch, and I think, you know, for anyone wondering about his game, just, just know, he, you know, he doesn't really miss a lot. So um, that's, that's kind of – I would say a big, you know, he's just all very well-rounded too. Um, yeah. Do you have a, a Mr. Mr. McCready? Do you have a, an underrated player? Yeah. So like, you know, me, Freddie, I love, I, I love uh, like the NBA is a weird obsession with mine. I like like going really deep into every team and yeah. finding these weird little tiny guys. So I'm going to go on the opposite of what you expect and say that the most underrated player 
in the league is Nikola Jokic. I think Jokic is so damn good this year. I think he has been like if you want to talk advanced stats, he is like thirty percent ahead of anyone in like win shares, uh, value over replacement player than anyone else in the league. He is absolutely crushing, and it, the De- uh, Denver's getting annihilated in the in the minutes that he's off the floor. Um, you know who's seventh in the league in defensive? Box plus minus. It's Nikola Jokic, obviously. Otherwise, why would I bring it up? And uh, <laughs> he's uh, obviously not very good defensively. Uh, and there's also like, so, but there's like, if you look at the players and that stat, like Ben Simmons is number one, uh, Miles Turner is number two, um, uh, Valanciunas Light, uh, Marcus Saul is number three, uh, and then you have uh, Jokic at seven. So obviously, the people who are at the top of this list are excellent uh, defenders. So there's got to be there's definitely noise there, but he's doing something right on that end as well. He's very young still. And I think that because he was so good in the playoffs last year, it's kind of overlooking how much of a step he's made in the regular season this year compared to last. The um, You know what? I don't know if this is going to surprise you, but that is absolute music to my ears. Uh, oh. Early days on the pod uh, this year, I predicted Jokic for MVP. Stick to it. Uh, part of that was that I thought Denver would have a, an amazing record, and they don't. Um, <laughs> but he's making a statistical a statistical case for sure. I think, you know, <laughs> Denver's got to win games for him to really be there, but totally with you i think even though he is a very famous player uh and a very you know he's an all-star he still kind of has this people have this attitude about him where you know like oh you know he's kind of not good in the playoffs and it's like he has been good in the playoffs and it's yeah it's a kind of a weird wait and see approach for someone who's done what you've asked of them so far uh if i had a child who oh i'm sorry freddie no, 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 please. Let I want to tell hear you about my, my imaginary child. If I had a child who was really good at basketball, like a prodigy type of player, and I was like, and he was like, I, all I want is basketball. And I, and, and there, there's a good chance that he could do something with his life that would do, uh, that would make him a success in this. I would sign him up for water polo classes like that, because that is like what uh, gave Jokic that type of passing uh, instinct and thought process. And if you had that, and your like, and also it's good for your bones to be swimming and stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. like, like different types of um, workout schedules. It's good for young uh, muscle to develop. Uh, so you know, if, if someone's out there and you have this like seven foot baby, uh, go put them into water polo, and you can thank me when they reach the NBA Hall of Fame. I love it. Fuck Boston. Fuck all the people in Boston. <laughs> um, I love it. Okay, so my player uh, is actually also a star player, but um, I feel like everyone is waiting for something bad to happen, so they're not appreciating um, that he's kind of great. And it's Zion Williamson. Uh, I think he's really entertaining. And he's doing good stuff, and it's like, let's enjoy this player. But I think people are so focused on his knees breaking down at some point that they're kind of like – I don't know. It's like it reminds me of how people for a little while, maybe still could only focus on Ben Simmons not being able to hit the three and not focus on him being like a ridiculous defender and just like, you know, an incredible player in a variety of ways. And I think Zion, there's this like, I don't know, there's this like doom factor there where people are just, you know, yeah, they'll get they'll be excited for a Zion dunk. But at the end of the day, they're kind of like they I don't know. It's like they don't want to invest in him or something. That's my, that's my, that's my take for underrated player. Um, that's a good one. I feel like we all had, you know, unique takes and yeah, um, I like it. let's finish this off. Silly style. Uh, oh, producer pick Malik Beasley. Uh, producer pick. <laughs> Matty D, do you want to, do you want to say anything on the Malik Beasley case or well, throwing that out there? I just think, you know, I do have him on my fantasy team and I think he, he's been pretty underrated on Minnesota. I think he does a lot of good and I think he's like, I, he, I think they depend on him more than, than you think they should, you know, he's like averaging around 20 points a game and he just can really go off. I'm looking him up right now. On, I mean, uh, I find it shocking. That he, 
Yeah, I mean, I find it shocking that a team that's relying on Malik Beasley is the worst in the league. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, uh, Duncan? You know, you gotta love. You gotta love your fantasy dudes who are showing up. I just looked. 19 yeah, my, and five. My my team's terrible. <laughs> Hey, let's let's let Duncan have some love for you know Malik Beasley. Uh, oh yeah, who's playing uh, for the Timberwolves? Who I don't know. Just uh, rough time. Not on anyone's radar, eh? Noted. Yeah. So um, a little bit. Uh, I love you, Maddie D. Uh, and uh, if you love me, please, good sir, give me that quickish question sting. Quickish Make it quick. That was like cool. Um, okay. Uh, you both know this uh, segment very well. Uh, I'm going to read these questions as, as quick as I can. And you have to answer as quick as you can. Uh, that's basically it. Do not stall or phone a friend. Uh, you know, you can't purposely delay. Don't give yourself like thought commas. Like hit me with that quick answer. You know what I mean? Uh, let's do Catherine McCready, Maddie D. Sound good? All right. All right. Here we go. Catherine. Mm-hmm. In NBA 2K21, Fred Van Vliet has a ranking of 84 overall. Should this be higher, lower, or is it right? No, let's go higher. Should be higher. Gotta go higher. McCready. This is from Catherine, who's on the pod, <laughs> but I didn't want to ask her oh, a shit. question from herself. <laughs> how do you, how do we get Billy Porter and FVV together for the ultimate bet on yourself gif? JK, don't ask me. I'll get too emotional. <laughs> So I'm asking um, you both both of them jumping out of a plane and high-fiving in midair. Yes. I love it. Oh. Without a parachute, bet on yourself. Um, no, no parachute, yeah. And then they throw some uh, poker chips. I forgot about betting on yourself. <laughs> some poker chips. Yeah, that's good. They reach you like where the parachute should be and just throw some poker chips. And that's where the commercial ends. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's, the, um, that's it. Maddie D., Yes. Which broadcast team would you want Clay Thompson to join? Ooh. Mm. Doesn't have to be NBA. I guess it could be any. Oh, broadcast. it could be any. <laughs> Clay? Has he been lighting it up for something? Yeah, yeah. Clay Thompson he, has recently been hilarious. He's yes. been hilarious. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I think um, anything to keep me awake watching baseball. So add him to the baseball, uh, the Jays team there. Okay. I'm sorry to Jays fans. I'm just not much of a baseball fan. Get up, Clay. <laughs> uh, Catherine, if Fred Van Vliet is Fred Van Neet, that means Aaron Baines is Aaron. Aaron Baines is Aaron May? I, <laughs> I didn't really understand the question either, but I, I did know how Aaron to read Baines it. Might. So. Uh, Alan Shane Lewis, who wrote that question. I hope you're getting a laugh. We're all a bit confused. (laughs) McCready. Yes. Is there real? I hope it's just as weird and confusing. (laughs) That's pretty straightforward. Is there real beef between uh, Kyle Lowry and Aaron Gordon? Yeah, clearly they hate each other. They're trying to injure each other game after game. Yes, there's some sort of beef. Agreed. Kyle's win it because he Kyle. injured him in two straight games. So yeah, Kyle. Kyle knows how to be dirty and get away with it. Yeah. I, I just want to say, I honestly think uh, Aaron Gordon's going to be resting this injury, writing his next disc track, and it's going to be all about Kyle. Oh, oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Matty D. Yes. Uh, Will Masai Ujiri? take the wizard's offer i wasn't even sure that there was a wizard's offer i guess there is oh my god no 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 correct no 
He's toppy anything is you don't take the wizard offer. Wizard. That's always evil. That's right. Saramon <laughs> the Gray? No. You know what I mean? You don't want that. Um, Catherine, is Fred Van Vliet good at playing basketball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> McCready. Oh, hard-hitting questions and answers here. Hey, man. I'd like to congratulate Fred Van Vliet at setting a new scoring record for the Raptors. What is Fred's personal email address? Oh, um... Uh, 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 FVV uh, 1988 uh, <laughs> uh, Buffy fan for life at hotmail.com. Yep. Duncan. Is FVV a top 10 PG? Ooh. Yes. Catherine. Who can we get from the Knicks for Aaron Baines and TD2? From the Knicks? Correct. I don't know if I can name more than two players in the Knicks. That's a great answer. You don't need to name any members of the Knicks. (laughs) McCready. The answer is probably nobody. That's a garbage package. Go on. Uh, You know, I'll take Rowan Barrett Jr. Um, (laughs) I'm sure they'll give him up. Uh, McCready. Yes. Who has been the best Raptor so far this season? Oh, I mean, you got to go with Fred, right? Like, I think you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you like, do. Maybe I don't Kyle, know who else would be I think in... Fred. Yeah. Matty D. Yes. Uh, was the co- uh, was the commentator comparing? Okay, and I'll explain the moment if you if you didn't see it. Okay. Was the commentator comparing courtside Karen to the meme of the lady pointing at the cat? The funniest thing to happen in the NBA this season. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I don't. I didn't see the comparison. No. Uh, right. Pointing so at the cat. Uh, there's the courtside Karen. Yeah. Um, this is going to be weird to explain on a podcast, but there's uh, the courtside Karen where Go. she's. Uh, you know, like pointing and She's pointing. tells her off. Yeah. And it nearly looks identical to the cat lady meme famous on the internet with the woman crying and pointing. <laughs> and during the broadcast, the announcers tried to do what I'm doing right now and was like, hey, doesn't she look like the woman from the meme? Yeah, definitely. Anyways, top marks for that. It was extremely funny. It sounds funny hilarious. Explaining it to you. <laughs> But uh, let's 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 make this last one an all play. I follow that cat. I love that cat from that movie. Yeah, yeah, that it's cat. Like that. Lord, it lives in Ottawa. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> you know what? Out of that delirium of a question, we arrive to uh, I think a weird fact. So so hey, but yeah, okay. This is uh, this is an all play. Fair. Um, Catherine, which big should we go after? Oh God. I don't know. Okay, somebody else answer. I'll come back. McCready, which big should we go after? Great, straight to Matty D. Let me think about it. I'm going to say it every time, and I think he bring this fella over, and he mixes with his pal Aaron. I want Steven Adams. I want Aaron Baines starting lineup. I want to see four and five. Wait, one and two? Which one is it? Uh, Five? Yeah. Four. Four and five. Four and five. I wanted to see Baines and Stephen Adams, mate. And uh, I think it would be a lot of fun. I think we'd really have a lot of fun with it there in Tampa. Uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm so hard on them. Catherine, well, Stephen Adams, you know, uh, Catherine. Who, I mean, it's big? not a British accent, but I, anyway, I thought, I thought it was. Who's your big? Okay, so I haven't seen really much of the Cavs this year, but I'm gonna say on a whim, Andre Drummond. Okay, McCready. Um, I've been giving Matty D some some uh, stink in this episode over <laughs> his uh, stings and such, and so in that case, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we re- reacquire Stephen Adams, but then nice. we also go all the way and get Andrew Bogut as well. Okay, then I'll say we'll go even a bit further and we'll pick up Australian Shaq, Nathan Jawai. 
Wow. Um, ah, this is what I want. That's a bit of a deep cut. Uh, but hey, that's that's the end of the pod, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for doing Quickish Questions and uh, answering all my other questions. Um, Catherine, uh, what's up? Uh, what can people check out uh, and or what do you want to tell them? Uh, yeah, I have a, a basketball podcast also. <laughs> it's called the Buckets <laughs> and Tea NBA Show and uh, episodes come out every Monday. And you can follow me on the internet at uh, it's me underscore Catherine. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, I, I did a recent episode. It was very fun. Um, there was a, quite a bit of tea. So uh, make yeah, sure, there was. Make there sure was you check fun. that out. Uh, if you want all the, the background info on the Barn Burner Network. <laughs> um, <laughs> McCready, uh, what's up? Um, you know, are, yes. are, are you doing any uh, art these days? You hanging tight? Um, what do you want to let people know? Well, unfortunately, I'm going on a 19-day um, tour of the Boston region uh, starting in a couple of days, so uh, oh, I'm in a lot of trouble. Uh, <laughs> none of the producers there are happy with me. I, my phone's been blowing up. Oh, um, so these are the only gigs I've booked in 10 months, so I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay, well, um, so, I think... The answer is no, nothing's going on, Freddie. Just study everything you can about Massachusetts and, you know, I don't know, um, do your best uh, on, on your 19 day Boston tour. Um, it will be on Twitch. Uh, we'll make sure you can all check it out. Uh, mostly like Matt. Uh, like Matt most stand ups, it'll be on Twitch. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a lot like the departed except uh mccready will be like hiding out in different boxes and uh that sort of thing like um uh, seven snakes uh okay uh i'm going off the rails again uh thank you all so much for listening to this podcast uh you know share subscribe uh hit us up on patreon all that good stuff uh maddie if you feel like we're good to go please sir just give me the sweet words okay Launch. Yeah.